0: I'm Simon King, and this is What's Wrong. I don't know if you've been following uh, the uh, Facebook group, um, What's Wrong with Simon King Facebook group, or if you've uh, been uh, following us on Twitter uh, at WWWSKpodcast or on our TikTok. Um, But uh, if you have, you probably know um, what I'm going to talk about today. It's just me today um, because I've got some episodes with guests coming up, but um, I wanted to um, get back into it by uh, talking to you about uh, what's been going on. And so uh, without further ado, if you're not aware, I think you know what I'm going to talk about. If you, if you are aware, um, at the end of October uh, last year, my dad died. Um, uh, so it was um, rather difficult. Um, not just uh, the the actual emotional, you know, it, it, as you can imagine, it's quite devastating. But it was also, uh, timing-wise, very inconvenient of him. Um, if, he'd, <laughs> if he'd had timed it better. Um, because what happened was he, he died um, and for anyone interested, because I know people uh, are, he was 77 and uh, he had a massive heart attack, a series of massive heart attacks, um, which is ironic because his heart had been tested very recently and it was, uh, his heart itself was very, very healthy. Um, but it was, uh, you know, uh, they're not sure. is the a descending artery, got clogged, and it doesn't really matter. Um, I was on tour, I was like, on the road um, when I got the call from my mother and my father's health had not been fantastic the last couple of years so when she called I was in a ferry l- lineup with a couple of other comedians um, great dudes um, and uh, she called um, to let me know and I assumed it was just a regular you know he's back in the hospital with something else and unfortunately it was much more serious and so uh, we were in um, uh, uh, bowen island that night i believe or no no sechelt we, we'd been bowen island the night before we went to sechelt and um that night was a very difficult night they took him to hospital um he uh, coded on the way and um then when he got to uh royal columbian which is a fantastic if you're gonna have heart problems if you're gonna have heart problems in vancouver if you're gonna have heart problems in british columbia check out royal columbian hospital the best heart specialists in the country uh they're very good they're very very good people but um you know what, you can't undo uh, years of damage with uh, one miracle surgery. That's not how it works. Um, and um, so he he had an operation that night. It looked positive. Um, and then it was very clear by the time uh, I was coming home from the road, which was the, the Sunday. And to be, for anyone's, I'm not some sort of cold, heartless bastard who's just like, oh, well, fuck my dad, I got to work. Um, he very much would have, that was very much who he was. Um, he, he very much put performing ahead of it. In fact, when his father died, he had called his uh his brother and said something his brother said you know why come home there's nothing you can do and so i wasn't really of that mentality but there really literally was nothing i could do and uh, the best place for me was performing and as it turns out those shows were fantastic because i had a lot to work through um came back on the sunday uh went to the hospital it was very clear by the time we got to my uh, mother's house or my parents' house my, my mom's house and, uh well not even now because she's moved but my mom's house um that uh that it wasn't it was it was uh it, we were done. And so um he never experienced any pain. He didn't wake up. Um he was just, you know, kinda like a, like flipping off a light like you know when you turn off a car, an old car and it doesn't know to stop running for a little bit? It was like that. You know, it was like <laughs> like the timing was fucked. Um so anyway, um went to the uh went to the hospital, saw him, you know, um said our goodbyes and everything and then that was kinda that. Um and if anyone wonders how comedians' brains work, like, literally, um, my my mother and my father were were uh, together for 54 years, so it wasn't just some sort of uh, fling. Um, and um, when she came, you know, we said our goodbyes, and they'd taken him off the medication. It was essentially some medication just keeping him alive, but it wasn't, you know. And uh, he came and she came out, and uh, we were all kind of standing there, kind of somber, as you would imagine, not exactly a party atmosphere. And um, this is exactly how comedians' brains work, like, within... I don't know, two seconds of her walking into the waiting room, she's standing there, and I'm like, so do you want me to put the dating apps on your phone now, or do you want me to... And I, I, I do think the nurse didn't find that funny, but the rest of us did, so fucking, you know, that's how we process. Um, <coughs> so, um... We went, You know, the hardest part about that, the weirdest, the hardest part about it all was um, was telling my son um, uh, what was happening, because although they were not super close, they were close, but not super close because COVID got in the way and a lot of that, you know, because my son's only about six. Um, there was that weird uh, realization that like, I'm going to put him in the position I'm in one day. One day he is going to have to tell his child, if he has any, um, that their grandfather has died. And up until this point, Um, And if you've listened to the podcast, if you've seen my comedy and if you know me personally, which some of you do, um, you know that mortality is actually, been fascinating to me it's never really been something that i've been terribly afraid of i have this weird um obsessive compulsive bend of believing that like uh like something is wrong all the time but that's not necessarily about mortality actually i see death as quite the release it's uh, it's quite freeing you know then you're done it's nearly as we found out it's very hard for a visa to collect from you when you're fucking dead so you don't have to worry about that shit um but what did occur to me all of a sudden was how my mortality affects, uh, will affect particularly him. Um, because when you have a child, um, usually they're the, the most important person ever in your life that ever will be or ever was or ever can be. Um, and it doesn't mean you don't care for your partner or your family or anything else. It's just that that child all of a sudden needs you. And I think that's something that is never... Um, Occurred to me before, because I would be lying if I said that I hadn't been suicidal in my life, and I hadn't been. I've never actually attempted it, which is good, um, because I'm very much one of those people where I don't think, I don't, I don't think I ever got. I think, I think I just always backed myself out of that corner, uh, like got myself out of the corner logically before that ever went down. But there were many times when I got really, um, you know, close, and my brain was like, "This is something," and consistent thoughts over weeks of like, "This is something we should do. This is something we should do. This is the most logical solution." Um, And yet now, looking at it now, I'm like, I realize that 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 is the... the, Because I'm 45 years old, right? And and my father was 77. I've had him for a lot longer than a lot of people do. And I know there's probably people listening to this podcast who either never had fathers or they lost their fathers young. I I had a friend who lost his father when he was 18 and it destroyed his life. It just really damaged his life Um, to the point where he ended up taking his own life. Um, And so I I looked at that and I look at this kind of like... uh, uh, interesting ultimate perspective that you get because they there, the only thing you're absolutely sure of is that you will one day not be anymore you're going to die whether it's however it happens whether it's uh in some sort of a freak banana accident or if it's uh if you know if you're uh you know you decide to strap dynamite to your chest and and you know take out a, a whatever the fuck it is like i don't know what you're gonna do and please don't do that last one you know i mean the banana thing i, I don't know i mean if you're gonna do it post it so we can all see but um But the the one thing that is assured is that you will one day not be. Um, Whether it's a a plane crash or cancer, something is going to get you. Um, And like Gloria Estefan said, the rhythm is going to get you. But it's been years and it still hasn't. Um, I did actually tweet that once at her. I tweeted uh, years ago, Gloria Estefan said the rhythm is going to get you. I got all these noise-canceling headphones, built a soundproof bunker, and the rhythm never came, Gloria. It never came. And she tweeted back, that you know of, with a little uh, monocle eye emoji. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life. (laughs) So anyway, the assuredness of your mortality is a really interesting thing when you're actually faced with it. Because as you get older, like when you're young, most of the people you know are alive, hopefully, um, and they will be for quite a while. Um, You know, I lost my grandmother um, uh, about you know 15 years ago, and um, I lost my grandfather about four years ago, three and a half years ago. And and but these are things that you expect because these people are in their 80s and 90s and stuff. And then one day, all of a sudden, your parents are that age um and so my father the interesting thing is his side of the family lives quite long Uh, i think his brother was 88 when he died and his uh, sister is still alive and she's 93 and so i expected fully that he would be around um, for longer and i think because of that i had not processed the um coming mortality and then when faced with it over that strange two-and-a-half, three-day period where you know what's coming. The sword of Damocles is hanging, but you just won't admit it. You can't admit it, because if you admit it, then it's almost like it happens. I used to have this weird thing where I believed that if I went and saw people in hospital, it would mean the end of them. Um, and that's part of the OCD, magical thinking thing. Um... And uh, the one good thing is I was kind of sure that my dad was already pretty much gone so I could go visit him right because it wasn't really on me you know what I mean would that be crazy if the, if it, like the doctors like he's making a remarkable recovery and you're like hey I brought flowers and like oh my god it's flatlining you know <laughs> like I'm fuck you up for life Oh, my God, that'd be the worst. You'd be like, oh, my fears are realized. That's how much power doctors have. They could have been like, you know, Mr. King, um, you, you, your father was doing fine, he was actually recovering, and then I don't know what happened, but right after your visit, it just went downhill. Anyway, that's something to think about. You know, just move on. <laughs> just fuck you over for life. Um, but, yeah, so the realization, the thinking of your own mortality, I remember um, a few a few days after, I was um, uh, putting my son down to bed, and I was... Um, Lying on the floor next to his bed, as sometimes I sing him to sleep, or I sing him to sleep pretty much all the time because I'm a softie. And um, <clears throat> I was lying there, and I was just like that moment where he's just about, he's almost falling asleep, but you don't want to wake, get up and move, because then he'll be like, where are you going? And so I'm lying there, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, all of a sudden these flood, this flood of um, mortality hits me, this flood, the idea of not me, but what happens after me. What comes after me? And as an atheist, as someone who um, finds great comfort in the nothingness of it, I, I, I you know, normally just go, well, well that's it. Like, it's not my problem. I won't be here, um, which is true. But then it, it's no longer a you problem, it's a them problem. But then you also think, like, your your instinct to protect your child particularly kicks in and you go, well, how can I stop, how can I stop me from hurting him? But you can't, because the more, the better you are as a parent, um, the more, you know, you love your child and they love you, the more damage you're doing. It's a very strange Chinese finger trap of a thing. The the more you care, the more invested you are, the more plugged into life. And then that comes down to that thing of like, would you rather have a certain amount of years uh, of that kind of love and joy and happiness um, and then end, end up paying a price for it, which we all pay. It's not like there was a way out of this for anybody. Um, except for vampires, but bet, But it's like there's... There's a, there's a, there's that kind of equation and, and your life comes down to these weird mathematics of like, what am I, what am I ultimately doing here? What is the purpose of what I am? And death, you know, if you're lucky enough to have not had a lot of it in your life, I'm, I'm very happy for you. I've been quite lucky. I haven't had that much loss. I've had some, I've lost a lot of, uh, sort of friends and comedians and acquaintances. Um, but, I mean, family. I never had a really big family, so you know, there's only so many, there's only so many uh, bullets in the chamber, so to speak, in terms of like how many people you're going to run out of. There's limited ammunition of, of relatives, um, and but unfortunately, as you get older, it, it it's just you know the way of things. It just continues, and now there, you know they say having a child makes you realize how old you are because you see them grow, but also, you know, watching people age and die. When they, Because when people are, like, in their 50s and even 60s and stuff, they don't seem to age that rapidly because they're like, well, you know, you know, the same at 64 that they were at 61. It's not that big of a difference unless there's something chronic, you know. But then all of a sudden, when they get north of sort of 75, 80 years old, depending on the person, a lot of people are not like this, but but my father was particularly as soon as he got sort of north of 72 um, he was not the same guy uh, he was clearly you know and we, you know my father was an interesting person he he was incredibly gifted musically there was no question um, he never had his IQ tested but i would be shocked if it was less than the, the at least low genius range he could hear a piece of music and then play it back to you like, hear it once and then play it back to you, changed and added, he'd pick out the instruments. He knew, he had that kind of brain. Um, you know, great gifts come at cost. So there were some difficulties in terms of, like, he was a bit distant and not capable. He he was a caring man. And, um, and uh, you know, but there are times when communication, it, you need better communication, which is something that also I thought I had more time to do. Um, because I just can't. But then that's on me because I, I saw the writing on the wall. But I did not um, move forward in in the necessary peacemaking I needed. And it's not like my father and I had a uh, tumultuous relationship. It's not like we weren't uh, close because we were. We we you know we had a lot of closeness, which is. Uh, particularly towards the end of his life because I I made an effort to reach out and to to be in his life. The more after um, I had a child too, I think he kind of, he softened. It was great to see him with my son um, and and his other grandkids um, to see that like connection that he had. And, uh, you know, but it does make you realize that like this is coming. And so, that all happened, and then I had to go on the road, and I was on the road, and I did this great, uh, the Hungry for Last Comedy Tour, which was fantastic, um, you know, and, uh, and it was a great tour, and, uh, but it was exhausting, and I was emotionally exhausted, and because um, he died uh, on the 23rd of October, and I was on the road uh, first week of November, and so, you know, your planes and tour buses and doing all the stuff you're doing, which is great, it's part of the job, and it probably helped a lot, but... The whole time in the back of your head it's not really processing right you're not really understanding what's happened here um because my father was the kind of person that i would call like once every you know sort of week uh and i would and when i was working on the trailer when i was over at the house i would see him all the time and i was always glad to see him but he was not a person that i call like i you know I, I i tend to call my mother pretty much every day because we chat we're very similar um my father was not communicative on the phone at all anyway um like he's one of those guys that towards the end of his life had a flip phone because he just kept accidentally pocket dialing people. He was just a, not technologically savvy in that way. But um, so towards, you know, I had to deal with that and to process that. So it was it was difficult. Um, and so if you have a set that doesn't go as well, um, you're not as bulletproof as you were. And, you know, by and large, the shows were fine. But there were just some situations that were essentially unwinnable. There's not much you could do. And uh, And, you know, so I didn't take it personally, but I did take it as, like, you know, this new weakness that I, that I didn't have. And then, uh, we did a memorial for him, which was amazing to see how many lovely people came out. And there was lots of lovely things being said. And I hated every fucking second of it because it, it just didn't, uh, it made it all real. You know what I mean? Like the reality of it, pardon me, I'm going to take a drink of coffee if you're not watching this. Mm. And, um, and if you're not if you're not watching this you could be watching this on YouTube you could be watching me stare at the camera as opposed to just listening to me but it's probably better to listen to this one but I want to keep up the trend of putting it on our youtube channel um but yeah i uh, i I kind of got through that and then um my parents had before they um uh, before my father died my parents had sold their house and were going to move which was uh, the last trip I took with him was to see um, some homes um, you know to, to, we took a little trip a ferry trip to go see some homes and um and so the reality had set in that like uh you know we ha- my parents had been living in that place for over 30 years and it was time which was also you know my childhood home my formative childhood home that i remember um the home i moved out of the, to, to move into you know into the city to it was the, the home i was in when i Uh, became a comedian, the home I was in when I uh, dropped out of high school, when I got through all of that shit that I went through. And and so it was a very, it had a a weird, I did not like that house (laughs) at all, but it had a connection. And so we had to move everything. And my father was nothing if not a pack rat. And so he had doubles and triples and quadruples of tools and stuff. And that was hard because my father and I, you know, uh i had reached out to do a project with him he he was he was a good carpenter and and liked building things and so uh, we for anyone who's listened i think i've mentioned before that i i did this resto mod on this camping trailer and uh we got this thing that was essentially should have gone to the dump and for some reason we got it <laughs> and we worked on it together and he went and picked it out um because i had seen the ad and he went and got it and um, and we worked on it together and um it was a really good bonding time and uh if you have an opportunity to do that with one of your loved ones um, that maybe you're not as close with, do that because those moments are um, necessary. I mean, I, I definitely feel so much greater for that. Um, but so we, so going through the tools was difficult, going through all those things. But we did, we did get my mom uh, moved. It was extremely exhausting. That's another reason I couldn't podcast. We had some podcasts in the can that I put out, but because uh, we've also been having some studio issues, as you know. But I'll explain that at the end. Um, so I had some podcasts in the camera, but I just literally was too exhausted. I would wake up um, in the morning and uh, my lovely lady friend took, um, you know, she was able to take over all of the getting our kids to school, picking them up and everything. And it was amazing. She was incredibly supportive. Everyone's been supportive, but that was just exhausting. I was just up, I was on the road. I was working all day physically. I was putting, but then I think that also pushed me dealing with things down the line. And so now I had these shows where I didn't really deal with it. And then there's a certain amount of denial, you know, and then I, I was on stage like four days after he died doing jokes about him, which the audience was not prepared for. <laughs> I thought they were funny, but fucking, it was like, uh, was like people always want to know, you know, when you say your dad died, people always want to know how. And, uh, so I'd like to fuck with him. I'm like, yeah, nobody saw it coming except for NASA. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. I find it funny. Uh, but I'm also fucking weird. Um, No, I'm not. That's not true. I'm me. I'm not weird. Maybe everyone else is weird. I don't know. No, it's the children that are wrong. Um, Anyway, so uh, we got my mom moved out, and then Christmas and everything, which, as you can imagine, was difficult, because in the meantime... um But there was the anniversary of 40 years of moving to Canada, um, which was the end of November. And, uh, you know, there's lots of stuff that just happened. My mother's birthday, my parents' anniversary, all this stuff happened at once. So I was like, you know what? We're not going to do this podcast. Um, I just couldn't get my head around it. I barely, other than shows I was doing for work, I wasn't wasn't doing shows. I wasn't trying to, because I think that I was understanding that I needed to process this. And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't deal with it. I, I like bits, drips and drabs. And then, uh, you know, and also before all this too, we moved house as well, like, like a few weeks before all this, all this happened. So it's been an incredibly strange. And in that time when we, when, when my, my mother, um, uh, left that house, which is God, which was a weird experience. Um, unfortunately I lost, uh, I lost the place to keep the trailer and I had to sell the trailer. So I lost that connection as well. So, um, I will do another project. I will talk about it at some point. I don't know if I've mentioned it much on the podcast, but I was really proud of that thing, I was really glad of the time I had, but the actual physical thing itself, the physical trailer was not really, was not really the value, the actual value was the time I spent with him, so, you know, that was, um, but that was difficult, as you can imagine, it was really hard to watch that be taken away, Uh, and then uh, his piano went, and all the other stuff, and it's just you get to the point where you're like, oh, okay, so how many things in my life are now, so different than they were three months ago four months ago because this was all like six weeks after he died and then everything was just different it was just different It was just not the same and then you realize you're not the same and so trying to do anything work related basically what i figured out how to do was just i would just post on tiktok i could just post on tiktok and uh and instagram that's that's all i could figure out do. i just took some clips and i posted stuff and i was like i gotta do something and then I've done some shows, and the shows I've done have been great, and 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 people have been so supportive. The outpouring, I did um, post about my father's death because I don't, you know, I, I just had to because I needed people to know why I wasn't working. And there's really, a few times in your life you get to say, "I'm fucking off the menu for a bit" because I can't handle it. Um, and th- you know, this is one of those times. And people have been incredibly supportive about it. But just getting through it, and realizing that I'm not through it. It's months now. It's. Um, It's almost like it gets worse because the realization kicks in, right? You're not just going to call him and ask him a dumb question anymore, just to talk to him. A question you know the answer to, just to talk to him. You're not going to, um, you're not going to see him, see the accomplishments that you're going to have, or your child, and then that makes you feel like anything that you accomplish now is somehow worthless. It's not. It's not. But it makes you feel like it doesn't have the same value. Like it just takes. Uh, the best explanation is it takes the wind out of yourselves. It just slows you down. It just it just makes you more cautious and more worried and more um, unsure of yourself. Even things like, I never get sick. I never really get sick. And, um, and yet, I guess grief suppresses your immune system to the point where I was sick for three weeks. I mean, the, who, that's just not me, but I just couldn't get my head around it. I couldn't... Um, I couldn't get, I, I was just on the road, and I was just, I got sick, and I got sick, I was got sick, then I went on the road, and I seemed to be okay, and then I got sick again, and it's just because my body, I'm just not sleeping properly, not doing, you know, all of these things, nightmares, physical pain, the physical pain of grief is phenomenal, like, the, my back was just, uh, just, like, just shot, like, the, my muscles were sore, everything hurt, um, pain in my, apparently, in your ribs can come from that, um, <clears throat> Just physical pain, because also because I wasn't processing. I was just just getting. it was just doing what I had to do, what was required to do. I gotta okay. I gotta go on the road. I gotta get my mum moved. I gotta do this. I gotta do these things, and then when that's done, then you'll have time to think about it. And then as soon as that's all done, Christmas happened, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna think about it now, because um, you know it's it was a it's a joyous time, and, and it was it was a distraction. And then January, and I don't I don't think, I think the the boulder started picking up speed in the middle of the month. So my intention had been to just get back to podcasting in January and then January turned into February and now it's March. Um, and I can't put it off anymore. And I, so this doesn't make all that much sense, but I just wanted you to know that it's not like I'm not trying. I just have never been this powerless before and I will get better. Um, obviously, you know, um, grief is an interesting thing. It comes out of nowhere. And, um, will get better and i will be back and if anything it gives you more fight in the long run but it is uh it's a critical hit it's something that slows you down it's something that makes you re-examine all the things you think about your own philosophy all the things you think about your own uh, determination of what you think success is or what you think failure is or or what matters what's valuable what's not valuable what are you clinging on to that you don't need why are you obsessed with stuff that doesn't matter and why aren't you obsessed with the things that do you know put put your phone down you know push your kid on the swing that kind of thing you know and I was always cognizant of that but it definitely has resonated more like time is not going to stop for you or anybody it won't stop it's going to keep coming and you think you have more than you do and we all know that that's not true but as you get older and and as you get into your you know middle age which is what i have to accept that i am um, when you get into your middle age um even even if at 45 i'm only halfway there even if i've got another 45 years not all of those 45 years are going to be you know what you want so 10 years at least maybe 15 it's not going to be what you want so now i'm looking at 30 years if, if the good tell when i got 30 years and then I think about where I was 30 years ago, and I go, "Oh shit, I was like online as a human 30 years ago. Like I was, a I was a person. It's not 30 years ago wasn't some nebulous concept of when I was like one year old. No, no, I was, I had like nearly had a driver's license at that point. And so, it just makes you realize that although time isn't speeding up, um, you know, uh, it, 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 the perception of it is that it is, and you know, all these markers in your life, all these things that happen." Um, You know, you, you, they just remind you of where you are. And I think that's the weird thing about it because, you know, um, my dad's problems are over. Every problem he's ever had is gone. He's never got to worry about anything. In fact, the only, the only thing that's left is, is, is good things because, you know, you forgive a lot of, and I'm not saying he had, but he was not a perfect person nobody is but you forgive a lot of flaws when someone when someone dies you, you you just look you go you know what you just try and see it through the most positive way and that's a good thing about grief it can be hopefully if you're in that position not always but if you're in that position it can be um but uh, yeah it, it grief is like it's like I, I I posted this the other day and i think it's like it's weird because like even thinking about the positive things hurts it's like someone reaching into your head and just squeezing your memories until they're painful and uh that goes away um and grief you know everyone says grief gets better and it does it does get better it does get better um it's just for me i postponed the inevitable i knew i mean look not handling it is a very bad idea. Ignoring it is a very bad idea. Postponing it is probably second on that list of a bad idea. Like, get it over with. My mom handled it incredibly well. My mom is one of the strongest people I've ever known. And she just, she just was like, it wasn't say it didn't, it devastated, her, it devastated her. It devastated her. It devastated our family. But she just looked at it and was like, this is something that, you know, my mom said to me once, and I've said this before on the podcast, you know, you have, you basically got this choice. You either stop or you keep going. That's it. When it really comes down to it, with everything, you stop or you keep going. Of course, we're going to keep going. Of course, you keep going. Um, It's just um, sometimes getting the momentum back is hard. And so this is a long and involved way of apologizing to everyone who listens to the podcast, uh, everyone who's been watching the podcast. We were doing great. We were even with our weird studio problems, which, you know, so (laughs) I will explain that. So we had, um, we were working at the studio, which we really liked. Um, (coughs) I can't remember what our first studio's name was. I forget what we called it, but... We, um, Stab Central, I can't remember what it was, but we work in the first studio, which we liked, but it didn't work out, um, scheduling wise it was getting more and more difficult to book when we wanted to, and so for a while there, um, uh, the wonderful Mikey Greenwood, who's not on this podcast, but he's still, he's still the producer, uh, he's just not on this episode, um, because it would be a little odd, um, <laughs> but Mikey is the most wonderful, most wonderful person, and, uh, he's, he's an exceptional human, and I'm very, very, very happy and proud to be working with him, um, um but his apartment was just... I felt like we were intruding when we were in his space. And I didn't want that to be a thing. I wanted it to be more like, you know... I didn't want to take up too much of his space. <clears throat> so then we were like, well, we got to find somewhere else. And so we went... Because I, I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun place to be. <clears throat> and it was a lovely um, lovely environment. But it was like... It just felt to me like intruding. And I didn't want to be that guy. And so I was like, okay, well, let's find somewhere else. And then I found another little studio that looked great on paper. That When, when we went to record... Um, it was too difficult with the sound. So then we're like, what are we going to do? So, <coughs> pardon me. Sorry. I don't know what that is. Probably, is it Black Lung? Can you get Black Lung these days? Is that, that's what the hipsters will get. I got Black Lung. <clears throat> um, so I think we found a new place. And we'll release the two that we recorded. I'm very excited to put those out. The are two guests that I've wanted to have for a long time. am going to put those out this week and next week. And then we're going to get back in the studio and just get back on the horse. Because I need to. Um, but, you know, it was one of those things where I figure <clears throat> I don't have a ton of fans, but the fans I have, you guys are, are amazing, and you understand, and I get it. And, um, you know, I think that um, I needed to um, deal with this. And um, I haven't yet, but I will. I will. I'm getting better. Um, thank God for the support system I have, because I wouldn't have made it. Um, you know, if you... If you have anything you need to say to someone you care about, say it. If I can recommend. Also, if you can avoid having loved ones, then I do that too. But yeah. um, Yeah. Because there's a lot... There's there's always going to be stuff you should have said, but try to get to as much of it as you can. Um, Or at least, you know, do your best. Share who you are. Because the resource of who you are, the amount of who you are uh, ticks away every day. And then all of a sudden it's just, you're just not there anymore. So take care of yourselves, please. Um, take care of your loved ones, you know, hug your friends, hug your family. Um, I'm not the first person who's had a relative die and I won't be the last person. And unfortunately it is a guarantee. Like I said, it's something that's going to happen to us all. Um, but I can tell you that it sucks. And, um, and I can tell you that it, um, it really, if you're anything like me, it gives you a, um, it gives you a moment of pause, a moment of reflection. And, um, yeah, sorry, this podcast wasn't super funny. Um, but I, I figured you guys, especially the ones who've been with me since the old days and, uh, over the last few years, inconsistencies being the name of the game with this. And, you know, you know, it's just, unfortunately, it's just been what it is, um, and I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I apologize for that, but this one was unavoidable. There's not really much I could do. I wouldn't have been much good to anybody. And, uh, I definitely didn't even have the time. I wasn't physically capable. <laughs> I couldn't be in two places at once. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Take care of each other. All right. And, um, and, uh, yeah, don't let the little shit steal your days. You know, don't let the, don't let fighting online with people and, you know, getting upset over things that don't matter, and don't let that take take your time away, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, because it, you don't have that much. <laughs> Sorry. Even if you're listening to this and you're 18, you don't have that much <laughs> because you honestly don't know how much you have, and uh, it's probably less than you think, and it's definitely less than the people around you who care about you would like. Uh, yeah. I guess that you know that's that's what's wrong for the last um, four months.